The Holy Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have, been, I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mother's Day. I hope this is a very happy and loving day for you, that your mom is beside you, either physically or maybe by the phone, that you are embracing a beautiful mutual affection for one another. But if this isn't quite the case for you today, may you also feel God's loving arms around you. If your relationship with your mother or moms, your relationship with a child is in need of healing, this can be a difficult day. And of course, if you have lost your mother, this day can be a bit lonely. I'm wearing my mother's mother's ring, which has seven stones in it. That is a lot of mothering. And I'm remembering her with gratitude, but I do miss her. I'm sure some of you know what I mean. And moms, if you've lost a child, oh, this day can be a fresh heartbreak. So, if there is an empty space inside you today because you are missing someone, I hope you will fill that space with treasures of the one you miss, memories of shared times, lessons learned, gratitude, and if necessary, because we are, after all, only human, some compassion and some forgiveness. However you are doing, on this Mother's Day. May God bless you. And now, let's turn our attention to the 10th chapter of Acts. It's a great story. It's a momentous account, a time when the Holy Spirit used a soldier, a Roman soldier named Cornelius, and a Jewish Christian named Peter to change the world. But first, God needed to change Peter. The very end of this account was our first reading today, but let's look at the full story so it makes sense. First, Cornelius. He lived in Caesarea, a port city on the Mediterranean Sea. It was the headquarters of the Roman governor, and so it was a symbol of the hated occupation of Israel. Cornelius was a centurion in the Roman army a military commander, the enemy. He was a Gentile, a word for anyone not Jewish. But in spite of all that, somehow, Cornelius was drawn to the God of Israel. 
We are told that he was a devout man along with his whole household. He gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed constantly. While loving Israel's God, he and other God-fearing Gentiles did not adopt Jewish purity customs, including dietary laws. So although Jewish people of the time may have thought it a good thing that people like Cornelius believed in their God, they wouldn't really share their life or their home or their food with them. You're okay, but I'm not gonna invite you to my house and I'm certainly not going to yours. Well, one afternoon while Cornelius was praying, he had a vision. A messenger from God appeared to him and called him by name. A little afraid and yet responsive, he asked, what is it, Lord? The angel told him that his prayers and alms had ascended to God and that he was to send his men to Joppa to bring back Simon Peter. Immediately, Cornelius chose three men, briefed them, and sent them off about 30 miles south to Joppa. Around noon the next day, while they were approaching the city, God was working on Peter. Peter went up to the roof to pray. He was hungry, and while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, and he saw a sort of large tarp come down, and in it were all kinds of four-footed animals and reptiles and birds, some clean, meaning acceptable to eat, and some unclean, not acceptable. And God said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, no way, Lord, I have never eaten anything that's unclean. What Peter had understood all his life is that one of the ways he and his people obeyed God, that they were set apart by God, that they were faithful to God, was by eating in a certain way as instructed by God. Now, Peter was telling God what was and was not allowed. And the irony was completely lost on him. God said, Peter, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This all happened three times. God was working hard to teach Peter something. While Peter was still scratching his head, the men sent by Cornelius arrived. The Spirit told Peter, three men are searching to you, go down to them, go with them without any hesitation because I have sent them to you. Confused, yet obedient, Peter went down to them and he must have been shocked when he saw that the people God sent were Romans. But he said he was the one they were looking for and asked why they had come. And they told him this, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, maybe a little exaggeration there, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. An officer in the hated Roman army wanted to hear the gospel from Peter. This is new. Clearly, God was at work here in some fashion, so Peter did not send his visitors to the hotel down the street. He did something unusual and forbidden. 
He invited them into his house and put them up for the night. Did Peter have some kind of inkling that, although he was going against the customs and traditions that he had always had, he was doing what God wanted from him now? As he went to sleep that night with, for the first time, Gentiles under his roof, was he remembering the theme of teaching throughout the Hebrew scriptures that Israel was to be the light to the nations, to those who did not yet know God? Well, the next day they set off to Caesarea. Peter brought some other believers with him, and when they arrived, Cornelius came out of his house to meet him, and as Peter talked with them, he went in. And with those three words, the world tilts a little bit more. Peter went in to a Gentile's house. His heart and mind are changing. We might well wonder which one of them, Cornelius or Peter, is being converted the most. Then they went into a sizable crowd of Cornelius's family and friends, and the first thing Peter said to them was a little blunt, but finally the truth. You yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. Peter now understood the bigger meaning of his vision about the animals. He realized God was talking about people. Then Cornelius told about his vision, and he said, So, now all of us are here in the presence of God to listen to all the Lord has commanded you to say. Wow, what a moment, a preacher's dream. And Peter rose to the occasion. He spoke some of the most beautiful words ever spoken. He said this, I clearly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. What a turnaround in 48 hours. And then he told them the story of Jesus, the Lord of all, his life, death, resurrection, and forgiveness of sins in his name. And now we are at today's reading, which says, and while Peter was still speaking, he was on a roll, he wasn't going to stop, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The Jewish Christians were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And Peter, seeing all of this, said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they invited him to stay for several days. This is a crucial moment in the early church. Never before had one of the apostles spoken the gospel to a representative of the enemy Roman Empire, a gentle Gentile who had gathered a large number of people just to listen. Without the Holy Spirit demonstrating that God shows no partiality, Christianity would have remained a small sect within Judaism. Instead, the church doors opened wider. 
And here we are. In our gospel reading today, Jesus calls us friends. He invites us to love one another as he loves, a laying down your life kind of love. Whenever we care about others, whenever we do for others, we lay something down about ourselves. I've been thinking this week of the many ways my mother and your mother's as well, I'm sure, sacrificed of themselves, laid themselves down out of love for their families. Cornelius, in coming to love the God of Israel, must have laid down worship of the Roman gods. And in doing that, perhaps he also laid down the respect of his peers. Peter, in opening to Cornelius, laid down something of himself, his now too narrow understanding of what or who is holy and a sense of who belonged in church. He had to lay down an old way of seeing in order to love and welcome Gentiles. He needed to lay down his judgment of the enemy to be open to his being his friend in the Lord Jesus. So my own question for us today, friends of Jesus, is this. What are you being asked to lay down in order to love as Jesus loves? Is the Holy Spirit encouraging you to lay down some old attitude or habit in order to open you up to a new, more life-giving, more loving possibility? Is the Spirit working in you to lay down some walls, some barriers between you and other people who may be different from you in some way? Is the Spirit asking you to lay down maybe some comfort in order to be more aware of those who are excluded and hurting and struggling. I don't know, of course, how the Spirit is working in each of you today, but I do think it's a worthy thing to pray about and to ponder on Mother's Day. So please pray with me. Lord, here we are. How do you want to grow love in us? Help us to welcome you and whatever you want to do in us and through us. Open our hearts and minds that as your friends, we may love others in the way that you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen.